0: So, today's question of the day is What is your go to after work drink that isn't water? Because <laughs> if you drink water after work exclusively, I don't know that I trust you 100%. <laughs>
1: That's fair,
2: This is Ready, Set, Workflow, a show about how to actually get things done in business, software development, startups, and life. We're your hosts, Caitlin, Tosh, and Katie. And on today's episode, we will introduce ourselves and our new podcast and talk about one of our favorite workflow topics, question of the day, aka QOTD.
1: Okay, hey everyone. So, Tosh, why don't you repeat your question for us?
0: Yeah. So today's question of the day is, "What is your go-to after-work drink that isn't water?" I feel like Caitlin already has her answer. So, I f- and we'll so we'll go in alphabetical order today. So, starting with C, Caitlin, you can go first.
2: Great. Mine's not really that exciting. It's normally just a glass of white wine. I. Uh don't drink red before like 7 PM. So it's gotta be white. I've tried to get into the white claws and like the seltzers and the high noons. And I just can't do it like in my home, like indoors. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's really a glass of white wine. Normally sauvignon blanc.
0: So crisp and so clean. Love it. Exactly. (laughs) I agree. Seltzer's are trash probably unpopular uh, opinion. Team
1: but... seltzer all the way over <laughs> here. Yikes,
0: <laughs> controversy. All right, Katie, what is your go-to after-work drink?
1: So I'm going to interpret this as right after work, not just any time after work. I'm assuming. So I will have to go with well, I'm either team seltzer and I would partake in one of those, or I really love a good. Either gin and vodka, gin and vodka, gin or vodka, maybe gin and vodka, gin or vodka with uh, soda water and grapefruit juice. So it's a greyhound, but a little bit more with some soda and like a dash of um, Saint Germain to sweeten it up a little Ooh. bit. So it's like crisp, refreshing. Yeah,
0: it's like a gin and or vodka Paloma almost.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. It is. I could put a tahine rim on there.
0: That makes everything better. Right. Hmm. Awesome. Josh, how about you? Um, Usually my go-to after work drink is probably a beer. Um, I mean, I live in San Diego, so if I say anything other than beer, they might take my resident card, but yeah, usually a beer. Otherwise probably a glass of, red wine, because it's late enough in the day for me to make that, that jump.
1: I like it.
2: Great QOTD to start us off. Next, we would, we are going to expand on what a QOTD is, but first let us tell you a little bit about us and what this podcast is going to be about. Um, So I'll start. I'm Caitlin. I live in Charleston, South Carolina, former San Diegan. I've been working in software development for the past 13 years. I started out as a Java developer, then moved into more Ruby development, then went into more of a dev manager role, and I'm now in a director of engineering position. I work at a startup with my co-hosts, Katie and Tosh, and actually, fun fact, the three of us have worked together off and on throughout our careers at, I think, four different companies in different combinations of overlap. <laughs> So I will let them introduce themselves as well.
1: All right. I am Katie Hess, um, currently working as VP of product at the same software startup as Caitlin. Um, prior to this position, I worked for another company for over 13 years, um, where I started as an analyst before finding my love of product and software um, and ultimately, my love of overall business and team strategy. So, what I'm really passionate about, besides product, is uh, cultivating high performing teams and mentoring. Um, that's really where my passion lies. So, I think I'll bring in some of that perspective um, to this podcast as well. I am, I live in San Diego, though I have been trying out more of that digital nomad lifestyle and making my way around around the world a little bit. So um, I could be joining you from anywhere depending on the week. I'll keep you posted.
0: Yeah, everywhere and anywhere. Cool, I am Tosh, um, short for Natasha, but only my mom calls me that. I am a senior product manager and I kind of fell into software, um, slash product management about 10 years ago, it was nothing I had ever thought about exploring, but I love the idea of working with high functioning teams, um, and kind of work it, working in a coaching role, removing blockers, which, um, kind of parlays into another part of my life. I am also a youth soccer coach. So I'm either coaching developers or coaching little kids, um, hopefully making both teams better. And I am in San Diego, and I don't think you can ever get me to leave at this point. I'm addicted. So I think I've been here for 17 years. So I'm stuck. I'm
1: not going to be joining Caitlin
0: over in South Carolina. <laughs> I <guess> not. <laughs> I don't think they'd let me into the East Coast anymore at this point.
1: Knock it till you try it.
2: <laughs> all right. So that's a little bit about us. Um, so, what is the goal of this podcast, or what are we trying to do here? So, obviously, the three of us have a lot of experience in software development, running software development teams, um, primarily in agile environments, and we think we have we think we have a lot of knowledge around how to execute agile, kind of in the real world. We've all been to agile classes. We have different certifications, scrum masters, scrum uh, product owner. You guys can expand on other. I'm sure you guys have more than me. Um, and we we've learned over the years how to kind of translate what you learn in the agile class to actually doing it in real life on a real team Um, we've faced a number of challenges that we can share. I think we'll learn from talking about our challenges. We hope to communicate with you guys, our listeners and learn from you as well. So that is the goal. I'll let Katie and Tosh chime in as well. Um, if you guys have any other goals.
0: No, I definitely think that is our main goal. Um, I know for me, at least so much of, my role, my job has really been dependent on trial and error and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes those errors feel like huge mess ups and just like a terrible thing, but then reflecting on it, you actually gain a lot of like insight and an error can actually be something that's even more beneficial than an initial win. And so I think also too, just validating a little bit, if there are other people kind of starting their career into Agile, um, or product management, or even development—any kind of those roles—just getting a little bit of validation that even if you do make mistakes, you are on the right path. Other people have been there, and yeah, just figuring out how you can actually implement the the bajillion things they teach you in these classrooms in a real-life example because nothing works like how they teach it in the classes and the certifications that you get. So. Mostly just how does this work in real life and what are some tools you can use quickly and then iterate on to hopefully help make your teams better?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also agree that it's really hard to find all of this information in one spot. So um, trying to bring it all together in one spot for our listeners to find um, and for us to even reference back, I think is one of our goals, and then also, we're not necessarily going to agree on every everything, and so that's I think important as well. Is there's not just one way to implement any of these. There's different ways to implement them, and hopefully, we'd share a few different perspectives so that everyone can choose what works best for them as well.
0: Totally. Shall we talk about something that goes the best for us? Like question <laughs> of the day. Yes, we should. <laughs> I'll start by kind of talking about um, what it is specifically and why we do it. I use this in like so many aspects of my life and I'm definitely that person at a dinner party who has has to ask like a million weird questions just to get to know people. But that's really what the question of the day is. We work with a um, non-co-located team. So no one is in the same room. Well, not no one not everyone is in the same room. And so when you're meeting virtually, it's sometimes really hard to get insight into people's personalities. And especially if you're on a 20 plus person Zoom, it's easy for people to fade into the background. So we start any of our collaborative meetings, such as um, refinement or our sprint reviews um, or any type of like architectural discussions where we want there to be active engagement. We start that with a QOTD. So it basically... Forces everyone to unmute themselves and participate right off the bat. It might sound a little aggressive, um, but we usually phrase them with fun or quirky questions or just a way to get to know your coworkers. So it has kind of a two part purpose. The first one being to, you know, just get people comfortable with talking on a virtual meeting or even an in person meeting. Um, they're also really fun to do. In person, you get different perspective into how people answer versus um, on a virtual setting. But it'll it just even the you know shy introverts on your team have that option have that opportunity to participate right off the bat, and it's kind of just like ripping off a bandaid for them, them feeling comfortable speaking to the group later in the conversation. But then I also think the most valuable part is it gives you a little bit of insight into your coworkers. That you don't get when you're just talking about user stories or bugs or like what's next on your backlog when you keep it strictly business. And so that's why it's, but you know, not all of them are, um, happy hour centric today's was just for fun, but it is a really good way to kind of learn about people's hobbies, passions what they like, what they don't like just with a really simple question of the day. I've started actually implementing it with a group of 13 year old girls that I coach to just as a way to keep a pulse of their kind of, you know, day-to-day feelings and emotions. And it's just a really quick and powerful way to connect with people really quickly.
1: I agree. Caitlin, any other benefits that you found? Um, I think Tosh nailed it. And
2: I think, um, I wanted to add as someone who hates icebreakers in meetings, Mm -hmm. I do still love question of the day, but like my nightmare in a big group of people is the facilitator being like, okay, pair up with someone and ask them about themselves and then present to the class, that whole like classic icebreaker that we all hate or just other icebreaker games. I think those are so open-ended and it's, it's like too I don't know. It's too awkward and it's forced where question of the day is like, Hey, what's your go-to beverage? You, you know, the answer to the question most of the time, maybe we've had some hard ones. So it's just easy. You know, the answer, you get to listen to everyone else's answers and it's not, it just doesn't feel awkward or forced.
1: I was thinking about when you said that, that there's a lot of benefits from this. I agree with both of you on the benefits of question of the day. I think it's great, super collaborative. I also think it gives you some insight into how the person is feeling that day um, without Mm -hmm. necessarily just in how they answer. And so if you go through with question of the day and maybe they're, you know, you know this person to be a little bit more uh, extroverted or outgoing and that day their question or their answer to the question of the day is very short And maybe there's something else going on for them that you wouldn't necessarily recognize. um, You know, as you're going through the meeting, you might wonder why they're not talking or not participating or something like that. But the question of the day could give you that insight ahead of time so that you know that maybe that person that day just needs to, you know, some time and space or something like that, um, which I really like. So I think there's tons and tons of benefits I think there's also a few things to be very careful about when asking question of the day. So I wanted to get you <laughs> start that discussion around, you know, maybe what are some, what are some things to keep in mind or what are some hot tips we can provide around, uh, being careful maybe about some of the questions that you ask.
0: Definitely. Obviously
1: no <laughs> politics. <laughs>
0: I would, yeah. It definitely is a learning curve for your team. So I think starting off, like Caitlin mentioned, with ones that you people, but with ones that people are going to know right off the bat, before venturing into maybe you know some crazier ones or some kookier ones. I guess just really simple ones. Yeah, like what what do you like to do to relax? What is your favorite sports team? What is your favorite music? Those kinds of things are really easy ways to just establish, you know, people answering and getting into the flow of question of the day. Cause every, I mean, most people have a favorite music. You have a favorite something or a least favorite too. Like, what do you hate the most? Those are usually really easy questions for people to answer. And then after your team gets used to it, then you can start to get a little bit mo- a little bit more creative. There will still be duds. There will be duds. And it is relatively painful to sit through and have everyone say, this is a terrible question of the day. And I don't know how to answer it, but if that's part of it too, it kind of actually like gives the team something to like laugh about when they can't answer. If your personality was a fruit, what would it be and why? And everyone answers it would be blueberries because I eat a lot of blueberries. It does. It's a, it's like a camaraderie builder too, even when it is a little bit painful to answer.
2: I think people also have a love hate relationship with the, would you rathers specifically? (laughs) So once I feel like these are probably level two question QOTDs. So once you get past the, like, what's your favorite music, then you can throw in a curveball and ask something like, would you rather fight one, horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses. And you just, you don't give them any other context and you just start calling people's names and see what happens. And it's really fun. I wouldn't recommend starting with that.
1: (laughs) That's a tier two question. It feels like a tier three question. It's higher. Maybe it's tier three.
0: We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone loves what would you rather is those are all, once you start asking them though, it's like, that's what people want. They're like, can you yeah. have another? Would you rather? Because there's also no right answer, mm-hmm. which makes it really fun, I think, for everyone.
1: Yeah. I also, when prepping for a question of the day, I found that the ones that I think are straightforward and easy usually end up in controversy or could end up in controversy. More so than I think. For example, how do you cut your sandwich? Do you cut it down the middle, or do you cut it into <laughs> triangles? Do you fold your laundry right when you take it out of the dryer, or do you grab it all and take it to somewhere else and then fold it from there? Do you turn the shirt inside out before you fold it, or right side in? I mean, these are wow.
0: you could. I, I don't mean... know if those
1: are tier two or three questions. There's only one right answer to all of them, but uh, <laughs> like the toilet paper roll, right? Obviously yes. only one right answer to that.
0: Those I think are tier three questions because your team has to be like, cause there's going to be someone who disagrees eventually mm. because you obviously need to turn your laundry right side out before you fold it. But someone eventually is going to disagree, but they have to feel comfortable enough to share. The worst thing that you can do is like, you need to make it a comfortable space for people. It can be a little bit combative and that is what makes it fun, but it's like a friendly banter. And that does take a little bit of time to establish just so people can say, no, I don't. Maybe some people don't even fold their laundry. They just go and like put it on that chair in their room True. where it just lives. And then they can just change directly from there. I don't even, I don't know how the chair works again. I konmari my life. So it's a different topic for a different day. But yeah, I think that's part of it too, is making it a safe space. And then you get some really funny, hilarious discussions that come out of it.
1: Okay, so opinions are tier three. So favorite maybe favorites are tier one, would you is are tier two and opinions are tier three? Yeah.
0: I think that's fair. That sounds fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you what's the most controversial question you've asked? I know what mine is because it was like in the height That's first dogs. Don't do it. Oh, good one.
1: Oh, that don't is do a, cats or yeah. dogs.
2: <laughs> what was yours, Tosh?
0: Um, it was at our last company, and this was post everyone getting approved for vaccines and also worked for a healthcare company. So it's was very conscientious of making people feel that they didn't have to disclose their PHI, but we, d- I did ask how many vaccines have you gotten? I do remember that.
2: This this <laughs> oh. was a different time though, when it like wasn't like today, I'd be like, what are you thinking, Tosh? Please sign out at the meeting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was not as politically charged as it is today. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: still uncomfortable though. <laughs>
0: It was Caitlin's idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It might've been. Perfect. All right. Cats and dogs and vaccines. Caitlin, how about you? I think another taboo item
2: should just be anything work related. Like you shouldn't be asking like, I don't know, like when do you do your code reviews or like what day do you think we should deploy to production? Like anything like that, just leave it out because then you're going to probably like try to solve a problem or make a change, which doesn't need to be happening during QOTD. You're just trying to have fun, not think about work, and then switch gears and get into whatever meeting you're trying to have.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really important tip. The QOTD should be separate from from work. It's the fun part of it. Which leads me to another question. This works really well for smaller groups. Do we have any ideas for how you could do a question of the day for a larger group or kind of at what point does the question of the day become too much?
0: Are you asking because our question today took 30 minutes to answer?
1: (laughs) It was a bit long. (laughs) No, I, I think that that's one of the things to keep in mind is that even a simple question, people love to tell stories, especially as they get more comfortable especially if you go into those tier three opinion questions, not just for small groups, how do you kind of work with that? But let's say you have a whole company meeting. Is there a way that you could do, because we say that question of the day is so beneficial, like how can we apply that maybe to a larger group or is it possible? Tosh, I know you used to do POTD, poll of the day
0: <laughs> via yeah. Slack,
2: if you want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking is, you know, I think we had about almost 30 people, I want to say, like, let's just say 25 people on our call today. And it does end up taking a lot of time. And, you know, obviously, if you have more than that, or are presenting at a higher level, you still want to encourage people to participate. So yeah, I used to do the poll of the day POTD. That was just something that we would post in Slack that would and I mean, you could even do this on whatever screen sharing video conferencing softwares that you use you can set up a really quick poll and allow people to answer and we would do you know you have to say what is your favorite condiment and you could list out or what is your favorite hot sauce you know and it's like i hate hot sauce sriracha cholula tabasco anything like that and then you know you can kind of see the answers coming in it was really fun it usually would start a little like thread commentary as well so even though people aren't having to unmute and participate right off the bat. Um, I think maybe for those meetings with lots of people or potentially, you know, people higher up in the company and you don't need everyone to be unmuted and sharing, it might just be a good, good way to get team insight really quickly is just using a poll. I know Teams has them. I know, you know, there's a, if you just Google online poll, you can find a million different things to do that. And I would just share my screen and have the live results file in. I mean, they do something really similar on watch what happens live, (laughs) which I love obviously where they put polls out to the audience as they're asking the people on screen. And so there's a, there's just a really, it's kind of fun to see the results go back and forth too. So I would recommend something along those lines, like a poll and yeah, just giving people some straightforward answers. It's also probably a great way to do cats versus dogs. Because then you don't get the commentary associated with it, but you get to see where pe- where people stand on the important issues. That's true.
1: Less less heated, potentially. Yeah, potentially. anonymous answering always helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that I think was a good tip poll of the day. So QOTD, POTD. P-O-T-D. The only other thing that I've heard is maybe you could split into pairs and just answer it with the person that you're next to, but I think that ha- that works better when you're in person. I don't know if that's as effective on a video conference. So it seems like the question of the day is probably best for the smaller groups, which makes sense with Agile. Besides the demo, it really is the, the smaller meetings that you should be having with your teams. If you have a team that's larger than, I don't even know, we'll get into that. We'll get into size of of agile teams on a different call, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. Anything else that you guys have or your one takeaway for our listeners today as far as question of the day goes? I just really liked
2: your point, Tosh, about how you use it in other parts of your life, which I think is awesome. I am excited to use it with my daughter someday. Just like ask her a question in the morning and we'll both answer. So yeah, I think that's probably like really fun with kids as well.
0: Yeah. Great the 13 year olds say some crazy things when I ask yeah, them. It's probably questions. highly
1: entertaining. <laughs> <It's> very <laughs>
0: entertaining and insightful. And they use it and at again. holiday
1: dinners. Oh my gosh. Holiday <laughs> yes. dinners with family. That's yeah. a really good the, venue. The tier four ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No warm-up. I think,
0: Yeah. I think one thing too is just finding a mix of really funny and then you can, you can filter in just some like normal ones too, or like a little bit more serious, depending on your group, you know, I'll ask my team, what, what is one strength that you have or what's something you really like about our team? And then the next time I'll ask them, does a straw have one or two holes? And so just kind of keeping it a little bit fresh too, once you've established the the rhythm of it. So I would say like part one, just start doing it. It's really easy. Put together a PowerPoint slide or a Google slides, just type it into Slack, whatever it is, share it, ask people the question, establish that routine of it, and then just keep it light, keep it fun. And then you can start to like bounce back and forth between Would you rather's favorites, least favorites, and just keep continuing to get that insight into your team so that I haven't, I mean, I've been, we've been doing this for years and I am not,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I am not sick of it at all. It's like one of my favorite things that I look forward to every week. And I think just getting in the routine of it is probably the most important. And then the questions just like start flowing, people send them to you. And it's just a lot of fun.
1: That's true. Solicit ideas from the teammates. Yep. You could also even rotate if you want. I know that that's been a request also is each team member you rotate who brings the question of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. so if you're looking, if you feel like you hit a wall on thinking of questions and Google's producing the same ones over and over, which I actually think kind of touched to what you were kind of hinting at, like, I think you can ask the same questions again, like later in time and you're still going to learn something new about each team member, so you can reuse questions, you know, maybe six months apart or something like that. I don't know how long. Right. And then, right, also kind of soliciting the help of the other team members, and I think they can bring some questions that maybe you've never thought of. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll listen to this first for the uh, the things on what to avoid and what not to avoid with question of the day. Right. All right. So our big takeaways, tier one favorites, tier two, would you rather's tier three opinions and tier four, save it for family dinners. If you really want to get into those controversial questions, (laughs) But that wraps it up for today. Thanks everyone for listening in on our podcast. We hope you enjoyed our first episode. Thanks Tosh for bringing our first question of the day. I'm definitely going to go have my cocktail right now. If you enjoyed our first episode, feel free to leave us a review or share the episode with your friends. You can also check us out on Instagram at ReadySetWorkflow. Please don't hesitate to tell us which topics you would like to cover us to cover in future episodes. Um, we're always looking for feedback or if there's questions you guys have that you would like our opinions on, um, we'd love to hear from you and you can drop a comment in the podcast comment area or reach out to us on social media. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.